All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Dustin Atwood in here from A1 Custom Car Care for the next hour. We're going to talk about quite a few different things. Obviously, the heat is coming on. You all need to have some insights or some kind of game plan should you have some issues overheating, AC function, etc. Uh, I always keep, try and keep it very real. We actually have an engine failure and a warranty that we're doing uh, on an engine I think we put in in 2019. So I'm going to bring you through that process. So uh, God forbid you ever be in that process. I want you to be prepared so you understand and know how that process goes and how it should be handled. So we're going to talk about that a little later in the show. As I was getting uh, prepared this morning, I uh, was talking to one of our technicians, Roger, and I'm like, hey, what, what should I talk about? And he pulled out like one of the best dad jokes that he could ever, and hopefully I can halfway pull it off as good as, as he did. But he said, what happens when you have a pregnant horse? It has two horsepower. And I know that is super, super corny and the greatest dad joke ever, but I really appreciate a good dad joke. And so, yeah, I lost it. I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. And, you know, sometimes you just got to make light of things. You know, everybody can be uh, a gloom and doom person. Um, one of my my uh, mentors that I still work with to this day, um, I remember her telling me that she, at some point in time in her career, had a, a gentleman that just always brought problems. And a lot of times in life, I think that's what we resort to is problems. It's problems after problems after problems. And what I've really uh, took note in that word of wisdom is is not only seeing the problems. The problems are real. The struggle is real, if you will. But there's always a cons- uh, uh not a consequence. There are consequences to problems. There's always a solution to the problems. And that's really the business that A1 Custom Car Care is in, honestly. It is we we're in the business of problems. It happens to be automotive-related problems. And I love knowing people that are in the business of other problems that are not our expertise. So, for instance, here in Springfield, we have, uh, should we have an HVAC problem, we've got on speed dial pretty much all of our, our uh, management team, the folks that we call who are expert in those problems. And it's nice to have a network of those people. And, and thankfully, we're very blessed, and I hope you are as well, to have those people that you can call when you have specific problems to get experts in those fields and categories. For instance, and I can speak as a client of Mr. Wyatt's, but uh, you know, if I get into uh, traffic problems, Kyle Wyatt's my guy. I call him, he takes care of things, works me through those problems because that's his specialty. If I should have family-related issues that I need to get an attorney involved in, that's Kyle's specialty. And I can tell you that man owns that space that he he lives in. That's his. He is a very, very capable and, and dare I say, dominant force in that industry. And that's my experience as a client of his. So that's what we're talking about here. And I ran onto a quote this week. And hopefully I can articulate it correctly. But, you know, as life changes, the only constant in life is that there is change. And so embracing that quote, or not that quote, but embracing that philosophy is very important. And so uh, 
Ion Ran, I think is, I probably did a horrible job pronouncing that. But um, the quote is, is you can ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. And I want to let that sink in just a bear, just a second. I think a ton of people, and I've been guilty of this as well, you know, you get that bill in the mail that's, you know, for something, you know, that's not super important, they're not going to turn the lights off, etc. And you think, ah, oh, you know, I'll pay that later. And then all of a sudden there's late fees and all that stuff. Well, those are the consequences of ignoring reality. And that's just an example. Surely I'm not the only one that's ever done that. But you either deal with it on your terms or you wait and ignore it long enough that it grows and touches in, into such a way that it becomes and deals with you. <clears throat> and that's not a pleasant experience because now you no longer get very much say in what's going on with that. So, for instance, if I have a issue with something mechanical, it doesn't got to be car related. I realize that's what I talk about on here. A lot of these um philosophies, if you will, or thoughts are applicable across the board. I sheerly try and stay within my boundaries of automotive repair. And I realize I push that envelope, but these are lessons I see as as the older I get and the, the more struggles that we all have, uh, you know, I don't want to say even, you know, dare I say globally, it's because people are ignoring stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you get this large consequence and in our case, typically it's me having a, a conversation with somebody about a large repair bill that could have been prevented. So the mindset when I approach these shows or for the last five years, you know, we've we've come on and shared with you has been trying to arm you to where the reality is there and you're dealing with that stuff in a more manageable manner. I cannot express that enough. And as I continue to grow in my professional and my personal life, every day before I go to bed, when I wake up in the morning, my my very first uh, action typically or my last before I go to bed is trying to better arm myself for reality mentally. Now, as you progress in your professional life, you typically become more of a team player. And if you're successful being a team player, then typically you move into a leadership position. And as you move into that leadership position, just because people are great at doing doesn't mean they're great at leading. So that's a whole new skill set that must be learned, hopefully in order to be in some kind of influence with your team because now they're looking for you for direction. That's one of the biggest uh, fatal flaws of promoting people that are great at doing because a lot of times there's not a path for them to be great at leading. And that is where you get in a situation where you're, you're, you're that big fish in a small pond, but now you're a small fish in a big pond. That shift from being fantastic at one of the, you know, the worker bees, if you will, to, you know, potentially moving up the food chain is a whole new pond that you're now in. And there's a lot of people depending on you to be successful. So you've got to grow in that space. Well, I say you got to. Some people don't. And then, unfortunately, you take a great person that was part of your team and a foundational part of your team, and if you don't do that correctly, 
you lose that person because they leave and they go somewhere else. And that's a really bad consequence. I've made this mistake. I've been in this boat to where I had to make a decision of whether I'm growing or I'm out is, is basically the, the, the fork in the road. And so that, as you continue to grow and be successful and see more success, creates even a bigger pond. So you have to continue to adapt. That's that. The only thing that's constant in life is change. That's the point right there. So you decide whether you're at a point, and I have friends and family members that are fantastic at doing. They're amazing at it. They have opportunities to move up, and they choose not to because they know that this is the place that they want to be. Um, for me personally, uh, I don't know that I ever, um, had aspirations. I guess I did. I always wanted to be a shop owner. I still want to be a shop owner and I continue to try and prepare myself that when those doors open and the pond all of a sudden gets bigger and now I'm no longer that big fish in a small pond that I'm prepared to grow to the challenges because the challenges are real. They continue every single day for all of us. It's not just about me. I'm using me as an example, and hopefully you can identify in your situation, your life, what those challenges are that you're dealing with and whether you're ignoring them or you're deciding to be educated and embrace those. So what happens if you should so ignore some things you are eventually going to be slapped in the face with reality. So it, in, in the days that we are right now, if you don't make a payment on a, something that you have a loan on, eventually somebody comes and takes it. If you don't pay your taxes, eventually they start to seize property. So there are consequences to many, many things out there and it doesn't do anybody good, any good to get to that boat where it's it's just unfixable when in the beginning typically there was manageable things that you can do to do that so let's take it into the workspace say whatever your profession is you don't want to move up in a management or leader role that's fine that's if you're if you have a clear view and vision of that and that you want to stick to what it is you're doing because you're great at it that's awesome what you have to and the reality part of this is somebody else will move into that position and you're going to have to be able to conform to what it is they're going to lead you to so that's kind of a big choice either you're going to grow and you're going to steer and lead your path or you're going to have to figure out how to you know, allow somebody else to do that and be a part of it and have buy-in. So we do need to take our first break of the hour. I got plenty more, and we're going to dovetail this into some car stuff as soon as we come back. All right, welcome back. I, I got a little bit on my soapbox on the, the last deal, but hopefully that touched something out there or struck a chord with somebody. And, and, and just having those reminders sometimes really makes a, a huge difference. I know it does for me. Um, like I said, as I continue in my personal life, hopefully I become, you know, better man in general um, for everybody that I interact with throughout life. A lot of times, you know, to bring this back into something that, uh, you know, we see on a day-to-day -day basis at A1 Custom is we see the the consequences of something maybe that was very small, very minute at one point in time, 
And then as time went on, it became a much bigger problem. Now, like I said, we're in the business of dealing with problems. We take a lot of pride in solving a tremendous amount of the Springfield Republic, uh, you know, many towns around Missouri, honestly. I I don't want to just say it's this local area because I literally have folks that drive hundreds of miles to have us take care of their problems. And I don't take that lightly at all. That's the space, such as what I talked earlier, that we want to own. Um, When you've got an issue, that's what we do. So part of what it is that I am sharing with you folks each time we come in on Saturdays is arming you to deal with these problems in a much more manageable way. So for instance, uh, this morning, Jason, which was one of my head techs at Ford Street, fantastic guy, um, a very high level, a level technician. Uh, you know, I showed up there just checking on everything. He's like, Hey, I need you to go for a ride with me. We've got a noise. And I was very impressed with this customer picked up on a audible, rotational bearing noise very early on in it starting to fail or become a problem. And we have some amazing customers that do a great job as soon as it starts to do something abnormal. And you as that operator of that vehicle every single day is going to be the very best judge as long as you pay attention to those little things. So maybe it sounds different as the engine turns over or the starter engages and it cranks up. Maybe it vibrates a little bit more once the engine starts. Maybe it makes a noise that it didn't used to make. Maybe there's a a leak or a puddle or a smell that it didn't used to have. These are all early key indicators of things that are going to get to be a bigger, bigger issue and fail. And the, the worse or the longer that you push it out there, the more financial consequence is the reality. That's really where this mindset or the philosophy discussion that I brought up earlier this morning was that, you know, as reality is ignored and then eventually instead of taking uh, the bull by the horns, if you will, and dealing with it at that early stage, then you prolong the damage and the consequence of that reality that comes back is typically in, in our space a higher dollar figure to get your vehicle back to where it's dependable, safe, and useful as it should be, okay? So back to my bearing uh, discussion this morning. So uh, we went for a good ride, really weren't uh, getting the, uh, you know, the symptom, if you will. So Mallory, our service advisor, did a great job. She's been a rock star. Very, very impressed to see somebody young, coming into this industry and doing such a great job owning her space, got a little bit more information from the customer, put us into a better, uh, more focused uh, scenario for for a good, accurate diagnosis. That's that communication that we talk about so often on the show. So we found the right sequence that we were able to duplicate the noise. At that point, we can diagnose it, make recommendations, and go from there. So what happens if you continue to drive a vehicle with a bad bearing in this situation? It typically is a wheel bearing that we're discussing today. So more often than not, it's simply a bearing replacement. The cost is pretty manageable, not anything that's, you know, unobtainable for most folks. Um, And this customer did a fantastic job identifying it very, very early. So I'm going to say it's going to be somewhere between a three to $500 repair. This is a larger four-wheel drive truck, drives the cost up a little bit. And so 
that's just going to be a pretty much run-of-the-mill normal process. What I have folks do is they will continue to drive it or not identify it early enough or, oh, I've got other things to do, and drive it for you know maybe another month, two months, six months. And as that happens, that bearing continues to degrade. The friction increases, so the byproduct of friction is heat. And what happens is it starts to fuse everything together. So uh, if it's a front-wheel drive or four-wheel drive vehicle in this case, the axle, it's a four-wheel drive front axle, or on your front-wheel drive, it's a CV or constant velocity axle, goes through the center of the bearing. And what I've seen time and time again is it gets to the point where I either have to destroy the CV axle to get it out of the bearing, or it ruins the hub, spindle, etc. Those are all related uh, casualties of running that prolonged with a bad problem. And we can, you know, move this same philosophy to many things, but I'm surely using this in a, as an example. When it starts doing something abnormal, you need to make sure and get it checked and taken care of. Otherwise, the reality, the consequence to that is more financial uh, commitment from you and typically downtime because it does take us at A1 Custom much longer to do a more in-depth repair. So this one today, I can guarantee I left. They were talking with the customer. I'm sure we'll be able to fix it for them. Um, it's going to be a very straightforward run-of-the-mill repair. I can predict the cost. I can predict the time. They all know that going into it. They know when the vehicle will be done, and we'll be able to turn them back a better fixed and repaired vehicle. That's the goal here. I don't enjoy, it would be a higher uh, dollar ticket to do more work to a vehicle, but if I can prevent that more work and be more accurate and predict a better outcome because I didn't have casualties to prolonged damage from a system, that's a huge win not only for you, but it's a win for me because I can run my day better. I can run a more smooth ship, if you will, and we cannot have those curveballs coming in from left field that we weren't expecting and that you as a customer or consumer were expecting as well. Now, do they happen? Absolutely. I don't care whether you take your car to the dealer, independent aftermarket repair, or do your own service. You know that when it is comes to a uh, mechanical device, there are things that don't go as planned. That's part of the reason that I'm so picky on where it is we source a lot of our replacement repair parts from. Because in today's age, I have folks all the time, oh, on the internet, or oh, on this website, or oh, here, I can get this part for, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's typically a bargain basement price, which is appealing. I get it. I really do understand that. I'm not just uh, somebody that thinks, oh, it's got to be the best, the best, the best. It's got to be the most expensive to be the best. I don't feel that way at all. I look at the results of what we get from the replacement parts that we at A1 Custom demand and use. That's a huge difference because not every technician is created equal. Not every doctor, lawyer, uh, you know, electrician are created equal. And definitely in the world of aftermarket parts, when the Internet is available f across the world, do you need to choose based on, oh, this part's super cheap? If it's super cheap and it's good, I'm game. If they're going to stand behind it, I'm I'm a player. If it is not 
and it is complete rubbish as far as the quality, I absolutely will draw a line in the sand and say that is not worthy of your vehicle. So let's talk about that a brief moment. I know I'm going to have to step into a break shortly. But the used car and new car market, I drove by two large dealerships. They are vacant. The demand for your vehicle that you own, have already paid taxes on, and is legal to continue to perform for you, I don't know in the last 20 years that I've been doing this professionally has ever been higher. As a matter of fact, there were times when I would write an estimate to do a set of tires. People would go and trade the car in versus investing in a set of tires, which I really don't understand ever. But back then, basically, money was cheap and inventory was high. Well, money may be cheap right now because they're printing it like it's free, but inventory is very low. So that makes what it is that you own right now and are already... Uh, you know, insured, again, paid taxes on. The older I get, the more frustrated I get with taxes. But I don't want to make that about what this segment is. Basically, your vehicle and the dependability of it is has never been more important because you cannot replace it easily. And unfortunately, I see a lot of people take that road and they don't go through the pre-purchase process that we talk about all the time. And they end up with a vehicle that now they owe sales tax on and is in worse condition or needs higher repair bills than what their previous model had or needed. That's so uh, frustrating for my part of it because the pride that I take or what I get out of doing our chosen craft at A1 Custom is keeping things running correctly at a reasonable cost. There's a whole difference between being cheap and value, and I want to do that value side of it to where you get as many miles out of your vehicle as you possibly can. We're down at the bottom of the hour. When we come back, I'm going to talk about how to keep you all cool through these hot summer months. All right, welcome back. You've got Dustin Atwood, A1 Custom Car Care, hopefully sharing or bringing you all into the fold, if you will, of what a current and up-to-date automotive repair facility is about. Now, I do stretch that quite a bit because there's a lot of philosophical stuff that I like to work in here. I believe that that um, hopefully reinforces a lot of the why it is we do things and how we do it. If you're looking for the cheapest band-aid, you know, hope and a prayer repair facility that you can find, uh, unfortunately, that's not us. That doesn't mean that we're not going to help any way we can. But what it means is the outcome of the repair is something that is extremely Uh, a very high focus for us at all of our locations. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Sometimes things don't always go as planned. And that is where we are going to shine, is when things don't go as planned of how we conduct ourselves. That doesn't mean that we just put the whole world on there for free, but we want to see why we got in this situation and what we can do about it and then communicate it effectively to you know, whoever we're working with at that point, because I, you know, I've been doing this almost 20 years in Springfield and Republic area. We are very blessed to have a lot of second and third generation customers that we still take care of to this day. And that's something that in the next 20 years, I want to still be here and be able to say that same thing. Now, obviously I'm going to be a lot older, a lot of grayer and, and, uh, you know, maybe we're on a third or fourth generation. Um, we really, really take a lot of pride in that. As the seasons change, and we're coming uh, you know, into very hot and humid temperatures here in the Midwest, 
I see a tremendous amount of air conditioning work. We have some of the best air conditioning technicians that I've ever been able to work with. And I've seen a lot of folks attempt to do AC work. I've seen and unfortunately worked with technicians that thought that they could do air conditioning work. And all of those lessons, as I talked about previously, are reasons we do things the way we do those because we want a different outcome than the folks that think or attempt to do AC work. Okay, very clear. This time of year at any of the big box parts stores or even big box stores in general that you go into, their entire focus and the why that they do things is to push as much inventory out as possible. And if they can make profit margins on things, they're going to sell it regardless of what the outcome is because they're not focused on the outcome. This is one of my biggest pet peeves about code scanning that part stores do to where they'll do a free code read. Um, I don't dare do diagnostics free because that's a lot of times what they, you know, you know, market is that it's free diagnostics if you do a code scan. It's absolutely not. It's malpractice. And the, the result is, or the why they do that, is they sell more parts. The consequence of reality that slaps you in the face is that it costs you more money because you didn't fix the right part. Or even worse, that compounds it is that their aftermarket garbage part that they sold you not only didn't fix the car because it wasn't correct, it made a whole nother new problem because it was not up to par or up to spec of the original equipment part you took off. Now, I don't want my blood pressure to get up too high on this topic, but that's the reality that you and I are all dealing with. And when it comes to AC... It's very easy, and everybody thinks that when your air conditioning performance is not up to par, it needs more refrigerant. And typically what they're selling at the big box stores is a refrigerant with, a refrigerant with sealer or stop leak and or stop leak. That is an absolute guarantee of reality that you're going to spend several thousand dollars fixing the problem that was in that can. And it may or may not have needed refrigerant anyway. That's a big thing. There are tons and tons of vehicles that we fix for air conditioning concerns that were not refrigerant related. Refrigerant is sheerly a device that absorbs and releases heat. Now, I'm way oversimplifying it. And if you're an HVAC guy out there, you're probably screaming at the radio right now. But the reality, just to keep it simple, is in the passenger compartment, it grabs onto heat, it pumps it out into the front of the radiator, releases the heat. That has to flow, and if you put stop leak and sealer in there, it no longer flows. And I cannot get it out of there. Miss Sarah, what do you got? You know, I'm really glad that you were oversimplifying it <laughs> because I could understand what you were saying. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> so what do you think about this? I know you go into stores and on the end cap, you know, there's always, uh, you know, uh, I think it's AC Pro is one of the brands that's prominent out there. I actually had this. I have a little cheat sheet over here okay. of questions I need to ask Dustin. And that was one of them was the AC in a can. AC is a huge problem yeah. with um, me and my husband. He drives an older model vehicle mm -hmm. and it does not have AC and it hasn't had AC for a very long time. Sure. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, do we want to just fix the AC on this? Because it's kind of used as a farm vehicle sure. um, and just take my vehicle in the summer because it has wonderful AC. Yes. Um, 
Or should we go ahead and spend the money on trying to get it fixed? Or should we try this AC in a can? And I'm glad that you, you know, yeah, your eyes are like, no, ma'am, don't do that. But I'm glad that you're explaining it because, you know, somebody, maybe they're a younger driver or like me, they have no idea what it will do in damage costs. Um, So I'm glad you're explaining that. Well, and all the profits that they make off of that, they put into the marketing. And that's why people know about it. And typically when I go into the big box parts store, that's everywhere. And the what I would consider virgin or free AC that is just raw refrigerant is like down on the bottom or it's in the back corner. And they don't make that very accessible. You have to know what you're looking for to get it. But back to Ryan's truck is... In a situation that it's an older vehicle, sometimes it's not a bad fix. Um, I've got an 89 Mazda, and I haven't driven it in a very long time. But up until the point that I quit driving it, the AC always worked in it, but I had to work at it. Things get old. They start to leak a little bit. But the foundation or the expensive parts still worked fine. So maybe something that we can get it in, assess where the leak is, and, and, and at that point, You'll be informed to make a decision, well, maybe he's just going to be hot and have to sweat it out. Or maybe, you know, for a couple hundred bucks, you know, we can fix whatever the leaks are. You know, maybe we do have to charge it once a season. I have a lot of customers. We do that. It's a small leak and an expensive part. Leaks very slowly. Uh, But over time, we just top it off for them. They get through the, the summer. They're comfortable. And then eventually they can plan and prepare to take care of it. So. I'll have to have him bring it in. I think it's a Ranger thing, too, because mm-hmm. that's what he drives is an older vehicle, yep. Ranger. But I don't know how many uh, Rangers we come across throughout town that have their windows rolled down. And I'm thinking, yes. oh, man, you must have the same problem as us. The thing <laughs> that I love about the Rangers is they are such a workhorse. They are. You cannot buy a truck, uh, what I would consider a compact truck, if you will, in the, the, the late model or new space that will do what that old Ranger did. I know. And I mean, it celebrates the same birthday that we do every year. It's it's 25. And you can you can load the bed down to where it's on the bump stops. <laughs> I mean, I I don't even want to tell you what I've done with vintage Rangers. I've pulled 18-foot trailers with half-ton F150s on them. Uh I have done so many crazy things that had I done that with another vehicle or another maker model, it wouldn't have done it. Oh, yeah. I understand. We use it for um, wood uh-huh. in the winter. and Keep yes. it up there. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. It's helped us move a couple different times um, with really heavy furniture. So it is it is a little savior in our family. And I don't and I think about that now when you replace it with another truck, they're just they're very fragile. Mm-hmm. We plan on keeping it, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really want to get a nice newer vehicle because, sure. um, you know, we plan on having children in the future mm-hmm. and we're going to need a lot yes. more room than the little Ranger has to provide. But, you know, we still want to keep it around in case something happens to that newer vehicle. You know, there's a lot of bells and whistles in a lot of those mm-hmm. with, um, you know, the dashes and I don't know what all, but it's all electronic control. Not that there's not on you guys' Ranger. Yeah. But that thing is just dependable. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm Period. sure it has given you issues over the years, but it's a pretty simple fix usually. Mm-hmm. You do the work and you get mile after mile after mile out of it. You own it. You've already paid taxes on it. It, it probably costs hardly nothing to own throughout the year. That as a second or third uh, backup vehicle, or in this case, your primary you know, workhorse to get things done is absolutely awesome. That's very, very cool. And I know there's a lot of folks out there that are in that same boat. 
you look at buying a new vehicle. Uh, Sarah, have you have you guys priced any lately? Um, no, but I did take your advice up a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the um, the car lots and yes. how they are just bare. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, I kept it in my mind after that show, and I drove past one, and I could not believe the amount of vehicles or the lack of that's right on the on the lots. It's it's almost like, and I don't want to say like scary movie scary, but it's it's a surreal feeling because. You know, for, you know, I've lived here probably almost maybe 30 years or so now, not quite that long, 25. Those car lots are full. Yeah. Everywhere. The used car lots, the little mom and pop car lots, full. You could find a vehicle, dime a dozen. The last year, it's it's a ghost town. Absolutely ghost town. And they're not getting any cheaper. I, I shared a story off air with Sarah that uh, there was a local truck here. It was a new new truck. There were no other uh inventory like it and they wanted 15 grand over sticker and that truck didn't make it a week that is really what we're dealing with so to roll this back kind of full circle uh and i've said it you know the last several shows i know i've said it several times today uh the vehicle that you own right now is a big very heavy investment because replacing it is not necessarily an option Maybe you got fifteen grand over book. I know I don't have that. I don't want you to be in a situation because you make a decision that you have to do that. So we are going to take our last break of the hour. I told you early in the show that we were in the midst of doing a warranty engine. So when we come back, I'm going to kind of talk about that and keep it real right after this. All right. Welcome back. You've got Dustin Atwood here in the studio. This is our last segment. I, you know, I tell you about, uh, you know, a lot of the things that go right, but I always try and bring you guys in when something happens and it doesn't go right. So we put an engine, it was a late model GM. I think it is an Equinox, if I remember correctly. It is gasoline direct injected, a little four cylinder in 2019. It has, you know, obviously been many miles and a couple years later and we brought it in and I heard a noise that I wasn't happy with. And I was initially the one that had diagnosed and checked it out when we had a engine failure the first time. And so I remember the car. You know, a lot of times, unfortunately, and I'll just be upfront, maybe I won't remember everybody's name when you come in, even if I've worked on your vehicle for many years at this point. But I will remember the vehicle. A lot of times I can tell you to the T exactly why it was there even years ago, what we did to it, where the parts came from, why we did it, etc., because that's my main focus. So in this instance, once I heard that noise, I'm like, no, we got a problem. So I started the initial um, process. And when we do a drivetrain replacement, I've talked many times, it's typically is a Jasper-related unit. Anybody that knows that name in the industry knows that that's typically one of the, the leaders, if not the leader. Um, the three-year, 100,000-mile warranty is actually through Jasper. I am your representative, if you will, to make this process happen. So even if you're out in Florida or somewhere else with the vehicle, you still have a warranty. It is nationwide. Now that shop will be your ambassador, if you will, to get it taken care of through Jasper if you're not with us. But this one happened to be with us. So I started the process, um, you know, talked with a gentleman, very knowledgeable at Jasper Engines and Transmissions. It's actually Jasper Drivetrain. They'll take care of rear differentials, transfer cases. If it's a final drive component, that's what they do. So years ago, folks would rebuild engines in-house, 
and there still may be a few holdouts, but there are so many more intricate pieces, and it's so time-consuming, I don't want you being down any longer than you have to. So we went through the process. They shipped us in the engine. It's all ready to go, install kit. They are very much professionals at this. We talked and discussed it with the customer. They're all, you know, making sure logistically they've got transportation so I can have their vehicle. Uh, We started on that Harland, which is one of our our A-level techs at our Sunshine location. Started on it Monday morning, and he was driving it Tuesday afternoon, which is a very, very quick turnaround time. And we take a lot of pride in being able to do that for many of our folks. So he was able to test drive it. I called and and talked with the folks. Um, They're not able to pick it up until Friday, which is kind of in line with our plan because I want to put as many test drive miles on it before I release it out into the world, if you will. Um, Whenever you have any kind of a replacement part, it doesn't have to be automotive related. It could be on your water heater. It could be on, you know, whatever else that is mechanical in your life. More often than not, if it makes it out of the box, you know, the first, you know, few miles or first few days, weeks, months, after you get past that month or two, typically that part's going to last. If you had an inferior or quality problem with that part, it is going to fail you um, typically out of the gate. Now, eventually the parts wear out, but I don't consider that a failure. Um, In this instance, we had a timing component failure, and this happened to have been, uh, I I can't remember exactly how many oil change intervals, but I tracked, we do all of our maintenance, and this was and did end up being a failure internally with this engine. So we got it in within two days, we had the vehicle back together running, and now, you know, yesterday and, and through the end of the week, we have test drove it, and then we will meet the promised time of pickup on Friday. So sometimes things happen, and a lot of folks, I've gotten flack over the years where I talk about our philosophies or things of how we do things, and they think that we're perfect, and I would love to be able to say that. I really would, but that's just not reality, and I don't care who you are. Things happen and how we deal with it, so I was the ambassador, made sure the warranty process went through, and then going forward, there is still some warranty left on this engine should anything happen. And things do happen, we will be there to take care of business. That's what it is I'm talking about each week. It's not that we're perfect and that every repair goes right the first time. Uh, We work towards that. That is our goal. But the reality is not that. So when something doesn't go right in this instance, it's very stressful. It's unplanned. But we are there for both of those things. And that's what was communicated in this instance. Hey, we have some ability. The car was still running and driving. It wasn't completely down and out. We made plans. We got all the dominoes lined up. I was very meticulous on how those dominoes were set, different points in time. I needed this to happen for this to happen, et cetera, et cetera. So we were able to minimize the downtime and the inconvenience of this, but we were able to stand up for what it is that we had done in the first place, which was sell or remanufactured new uh, replacement engine in 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 this instance, and something went wrong. That's the meat and potatoes of the whole deal. Everybody you deal with is everything's you know rainbows and ponies and awesome. You really don't get to see the character of what it is that they're about until unfortunately you get a stumble, 
or you get an issue in this case, and this is a big issue. I'm not downplaying that at all, but we have the ability to own this space. That's what this entire show has been about today. You know, nobody's perfect. I haven't met anybody in my entire life that is actually perfect. What I have met is some amazing people that when they are not perfect or you get that way crazy rogue wave, if you will, and it smacks you in the side of the face and it sometimes knocks you down, that they're able to get back up and think, okay, well, how do we deal with this situation next time we see it? So again, I want to articulate this very, very clear. A1 Custom Car Care has been an amazing experience for me personally for almost 20 years at this point. And I have been taught and mentored so much over that time, thankfully to be a part of a great organization. Have we made some big mistakes? Yeah, personally I have for sure. I've seen it happen. And I have seen everybody pull together Deal with those mistakes, the consequences, the reality that I started the show off about. Sometimes they're painful. Sometimes it costs big time. But going forward, the next time I get in a similar situation, we get in a similar situation, you out there as a listener, hopefully maybe I shared something that rung a a bell or struck a chord with you, that you think, ah, you know, last time I took that easy way out. You know, oh, it was just not that bad, you know, and then all of a sudden it was really bad and there was nothing you could do about it. This time I'm going to hit it head on. This time I'm going to say, okay, we're going to do a warranty engine deal. Well, that's not something that's overly profitable, but it's the right thing to do. In this instance, all the dominoes lined up. Customer had done what they needed to. We did what we needed to. Jasper stood up and did what they needed to. They got me an engine. They actually got me an engine a week quicker than what they initially had been able to tell me or promise. So I love that, uh, you know, under promise and over deliver. They over delivered big time, which allows us to over deliver as well. That's a big, big deal. I like that. We don't always get to do that, but that's our goal as we go through this. And I hope that's yours as well. So when things don't go right, you've got to have a game plan. And a lot of times we circle the wagons, we rally the troops, and then we hit this game plan head on the very best that we can. We take meticulous notes of how we got here and what we're going to do about it, what worked, what didn't work. So the next time we have something like this come at us, we're more prepared and better adept to deal with it than we were the previous time. You know, like I said, you know, there are many things, you know, the, the, one of the only constants in life is change. Well, you do sure need to be a student of history. And I feel like, you know, as a, as a, as a mass, we all need to be better students of history because if not, we are doomed to repeat those same failures. I don't want to be one of those folks that, uh, you know, once or seeks a different outcome, but continues to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome. The world's changing very, very quickly, so let's adapt to it, but let's not forget what got us here today. There are times that we have very, very challenging weeks. I'm sure you guys do as well. But when you look back over you know, the last few years, you're in a whole lot better spot now than you were hopefully then. And you learned or growth from that wealth of experience. So I've talked that I've been with A1 Custom Car Care for almost 20 years now. 
And when I was interviewing for the position, it was a very long-term or long-standing business. Still is. I think it's 40-plus years. Uh, it's not going to be long, and, and we're going to be knocking on the door of 50. But um, as a company, it was started by a gentleman, passed down to a son, and then was purchased by a, a great couple that were a big part of the industry for more than 20 years previously. So we are industry people. God forbid I decide to move out of the state or move out of the country at some point in time. I'm going to be in the automotive industry. This is my chosen profession. And I could tell and feel that the moment that I interviewed at A1 Custom. And I still can tell it and feel it now to this day. Our folks are industry people. And that I cannot s- express that enough. Industry people are what it is that you want to seek out. Regardless of what service you're looking for. I hope some of this philosophical discussion and wrapped in a little bit of sprinkled automotive talk helped you all. We'll be back next week on Saturday. Have a great and safe weekend.